Welcome to We Found a Room with Microphones in It. It's me, Alan McLeod. Hi, I'm Owen Burke. And we're your hosts of We Found a Room with Microphones in It. Now, that was our theme song we just played, which last week we recorded. Wait, is this my... Hold on. Is oh, this yeah, still we, playing? We did still a... Playing. Yeah, we just replayed the, mm-hmm. the song. We recorded it last week, and then we layered... Onto it this week, and maybe well, we, we'll just keep layering onto it. Yeah, because we planned to do it on po- in post. Like we were like, oh, we'll just put that in, and then that'll be our theme song. So we can just point to Welton, who's our engineer, and say, Welton, mm-hmm. hit the theme song. Well, Welton is now our. We've decided to bring him on as the engineer. He was living in the room with microphones in it for 850 years. That's right, like a mummy in his tomb, and we uh-huh. discovered him when we discovered the room with microphones in it. So thanks for staying in this room. You've been in for 850 years, Welton. No problem. Welton, is there anything that came up last week that blew you away because you were like, wow, I've been so sheltered for 850 years and these guys just dropped some serious knowledge on me? Hmm. Twerking. Twerking. Did we mention twerking? I don't know if we mentioned twerking. (laughs) But I think it's understandable that that would be something that would stick with you from the last podcast. Now, twerking became huge, like... What a year, two years ago, with with uh, a couple years ago, Miley, Miley Cyrus really, really brought it home for everybody, and now she's she's used she's parlayed the twerking fame into something much bigger and more socially uh, profound. I think. Yeah, I guess. I mean, socially uh, I mean, profound. She's but. doing she's doing some really good stuff socially. I think for uh, kids who, uh, you know, have have uh, gender. Identity Identity. Oh, that's great. Yeah, confusion and issues and stuff. And she's, you know, she's doing a lot in that realm right now to make kids feel comfortable with who they are. Kids should feel comfortable with who they are. And that's all from twerking. That's amazing because I'm sure at first she was this big joke. And then you can just change up who you are and say, yeah, this is what Mm -hmm. I, how I became this way, but... This is what I do now. Yeah, this is when she's at a level where she's like, I can put all the Hannah Montana stuff behind me. And now I can be me, my true self. I yeah, she's really uh, she's. I think she's going to be an interest. I mean, she's already an interesting figure, but uh, she'll. But she also takes off her top a lot on the internet, doesn't she? Do that as well. Oh yeah, you and can is definitely that sort of talking about. But is that a part of the gender identity, or is that more? Uh, I think self- it's. I think it's wrapped up in there somewhere. Yeah. F- you know, well, you know, we're in this whole free the nipple, you know, world now. This is a post free the nipple society so she's you know at the forefront of that too free the nipple i have not heard of that well you gotta just check out that hashtag free the nipple yeah you'll see a lot of pictures of nipples and stuff it's just saying let us have our breasts yes let us have our let us take our boobs out whenever we feel like it you can do it in central park now you can you can i mean i think there's a section of central park where you can free your nipple but I mean, but what the people behind that campaign are saying, and I've not really studied it a lot at all. Uh, but I think that they're saying we should just have equal rights as men who can take their shirts off anywhere they want. I agree with want. that. I agree. I think it just takes away a lot of the stigma of it, of what yeah. the breasts look like, or 
that the idea that that's dirty in some mm-hmm. way or it's sexual just because yeah. someone a woman has her top off. And you know when you like the big joke when I was growing up, I didn't even have internet when I was growing up. So to to see a nipple was the biggest deal of yeah. all time. It like, shouldn't be that big a deal. And like you'd go to the big joke is National Geographic. You would see mm-hmm. press, but that's not a sexual thing. No, somehow that's not a sexual thing. Well, They've desexualized it. Because it was never sexual to begin with. It was just like this is how we hang. And mm-hmm. Americans, boys, would sexualize it because those are the only nipples we got to see. I don't want nipples to be sexualized. I'd rather ladies be able to walk around topless and I'm not even having a sexual thought in my mind. Now, if that happens, you know, I'm liable to pop a boner and that's not, you know, productive. No, that's not productive. I at mean, all. it's reproductive, <laughs> but it's not productive if you're at work. I'll tell you, you know, it's, it's always the big joke. Like when in the pre-internet age, you grew up with the internet, Alan. I didn't. Did you? Uh, yeah, I was a teen. I was a uh, early teens when the internet started started happening. So you so. were like, you could see naked girls whenever you wanted to. Oh yeah, there was. Well, not when. I, yeah, I mean, it was like it was like a family computer that oh, we okay. had. So I I was limited in when the the window when I could kind of look up some shady stuff. But I could I could do a chat room. And no one knew, no one in my family had any idea that I might be talking to a girl or some person posing as a girl. Wait, you would talk to anonymous people in a chat room? Yeah, I would do a chat room. Yeah, when I was like 14 or something like that, I'd be in a chat room. And and was there a specific subject to the chat room or was it just like? I There were two, there were two memorable chat rooms. Well, one, one was I had a girlfriend. On, I had like a girlfriend in Maine. That I never ever ever actually met or even talked on the phone with, but we oh, wow. we the only thing it escalated to was sending like snail mail to each other mm-hmm. instead of finding you know being on a chat room together. And did you feel we you were both the same age? And you know she sent me a letter or something like that. And was the letter very flowery compared to the chat room? Did you guys put extra effort yeah, into was, the letter? Yeah, because it was just you know we were taking it to the next level because we were doing on on paper and. Uh, I and then that sort my, of just fell away. Something happened, you know. It doesn't work. I always remember my letters to girls, like, in that early days of correspondence, was, like, all oh, so flowery. And oh, so, yeah. like, everything is hyperbolic to the mm-hmm. nth degree. Yeah. And, you know, when, and then when you'd see them, like, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't, like, say that with your actual voice. But Yeah, you're not like, oh, your eyes are the color mm-hmm. of an azure dawn, you know? <laughs> Azure Dawn, you were pulling Azure Dawn. Dude, I was That's pulling. Great. I would definitely. I would take time with the letters. I would, t- you know. And still, when I write to my wife, you know, I've been married to her for eleven years. Like I still mm-hmm. try to try to bring the heat a little with that mm-hmm. because it is very rare you do something yeah. like that. You know. Yeah. And, and the ladies, rest of the time, ladies I'm like, like that. The rest of the time, I'm like, are we doing like Thai takeout tonight, mm-hmm. or what are we doing? Indian food? Like the mm-hmm. rest of it's so horribly boring. If I find notes from like school. Because I have like a box of just old crap like that, and then if I look at it now, it's just list me listing what I did today and stuff. There's nothing like, maybe there's like a thinking about you and stuff, but that was the extent that I got. I went to with my feelings. I think I never kept a diary. I thought I could, and I just I don't think I cared enough about what I did or what I thought to keep a diary. I'm I like, still oh, think about boring. keeping a diary now. I think me about too. starting a diary uh, because there'll be just a day where it's like. I just did, there was some insane stuff that I did today. Like this is crazy, and I'm just I guess I'm just gonna forget it because I I feel like I should write it down or something. But I just didn't, you know. I feel like I should be able to look. Whoa, okay, we just had a technical glitch. It stopped recording in the middle of. You know what? I think the machine got 
bored by what we were saying. It got bored about our <laughs> diary conversation. It's like, yeah, don't keep it. That's like a passive aggressive way of saying don't keep a diary. I think it's good. I think it's saying, oh, yeah, it's just saying don't keep a diary. That's probably good. They're, machine should, they probably are making machines, recording equipment now that will just shut off if your podcast is boring. Well, we talked about this a little last week, didn't we? About like machines having artificial intelligence and being, again, you know, that whole idea that they're going to oh, be smarter yeah. than us and mm-hmm. end up controlling us, which I don't think will happen. They'll always, a human being will always create an off switch. Well, and the, well, yeah, and it's when the machines start creating more machines, they won't create an off switch, probably. But we control the machines that control the machines. That's true. Well, for now. As long as we yeah. just have an off switch. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no, it's good. You got to have an off switch. Uh, what doesn't have an off switch? I can't even. But like the machines in the Matrix didn't have an off switch until oh. Neo came around. That's right. Neo. What, what did they do to make the machines in the Matrix stop? I can't remember. He like put out his hand and they fell to the ground. Okay. <laughs> I know he did that with the bullets. Oh, but he did that with the machines too. Because there was, you know, it was just on TV at a bar the other night mm-hmm. after our show and it was like. I don't know which one is the second mm. one and which one is the third one. They're like, they mix together in my yeah. mind. Like, the, as soon as they're in, not in the Matrix, right. I lost all interest. Like, when they're wearing, like, hemp clothing and bags and oh, stuff. when they go into the... Like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then he, like... Struck, oh, in the sewers when they're in the sewers, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, and then he's, like, using his hand and whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, when he brings his magic into the sewers, it's like... And what's it re- looks cooler when you're wearing the shades and everything. Yeah, I mean, I would think that at the end of Matrix 1... That when he shoots up into the sky... It's like, you're not going to get any better than that. I want to see him be a superhero in the Matrix world and mm-hmm. just be like a guy who just fucks Matrix shit up. You know? And he does that. You get to see him flying and people were busting on him for doing the Superman flight and yeah, stuff, man. but it's like, he's Superman basically. How else are you going to fly? Like, do the Wachowskis have to think of a whole new way to fly? Like, does yeah, he fly like... first? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like with his hands behind his yeah. head. Like, he's chilling out. Yeah, you can't fly like that. You fly sideways or something? Just like with your hands to your side like you're no. napping? You got one fist out, do it. You got... I would well, do that. Head first, you're going to hit your head on something. If I was a flying, I think we all would do the Superman fly. You can't bust someone for doing the Superman fly. Yeah. Well, anyway... Oh, yeah, these people that do that. We were talking but, about uh, diaries and stuff, and... Just record, you know, just have just having a record, I, I think, is valuable in some way. You know, your kids might want to see your diary or something like that. I don't, but know? I wouldn't want them to read what I, you know, like I think, you know, like my father never kept a diary. And I think we remember what yeah, we remember about him. But wouldn't you love to him. read your father's diary if he had one? I don't know. Like, I, I think, you know, I loved hearing things from his stories and I loved hearing mm-hmm. things from the people who knew him, his stories. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, because there's something magical about 10 years later hearing a story as opposed to how it really went down. You know, it's true. He just, not to make this about this, but we don't know what the show's about, so it could be about this. But, yeah. you know, when he. I mean, we literally found a room with microphones in it, and that's the, that's the whole premise of this show. For those of you just it's... joining us, Alan McLeod and I, we found a room with microphones in it. We mm-hmm. don't know what this podcast is. But we want to take advantage of this room mm-hmm. with microphones in it. Yeah. And so we're figuring out what the show is. And the show might just be conversations that talk about anything. Yeah. Um, we talked about the trade deal. Talked about the big trade deal that fell through. We talked about cooking a pork shoulder. Cooking por- pork shoulder. We talked about uh, Which I did on time Saturday. travel. You did? I made a, I made a pork shoulder. Did you roast Saturday. it? I roasted it. And then pulled it apart and served it over a parsnip puree. Ooh. Sage-infused parsnip puree. 
I just I found this recipe that teaches you how to take sage leaves and you just warm them at the lowest possible setting on your stove in oil for five minutes and then let them steep for five minutes. Take them out. Then you pour that sage oil into the parsnips in the Cuisinart puree and you have this like sage infused parsnip mash. It's like a mash, but it's not, I'm on Weight Watchers and so I'm not endorsing Weight Watchers, you know, by saying Weight Watchers, but Weight Watchers does not sponsor. We found a room with a microphone. We said no. They offered. (laughs) They offered to give us. I heard the first episode, which you should all listen to. All the nine of you have listened to it. Thank you. Thank you. But they, um, but so I, I have to find different ways to eat what I like to eat. But parsnip puree is a lower calorie mashed potato, really. And it's oh. a little sweetness to it. So you put that sage oil in there. And then in this recipe, they talk about uh, then you heat a bunch of olive oil up like really hot. And then you dip the sage leaves in there and they get all crispy and you put those on top. Mm. And then you have the pulled pork right on top of that. And you put a little gravy from the from the drippings mm-hmm. over that. It's delicious. That sounds amazing. And the next day for lunch, I, I recreated Sandwiches. it. Well, I recreated it. And then I put some pickle slices on it. And okay. it was dynamite. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We just had good uh, burgers just moments ago. Steve made fantastic. I think that's like one of the best burgers I've had. I told him in like the that's last insane. 10 years. Because that's it's great. wonderfully cooked. And then just, what is that flavor? There's something in that meat. It was so good. Yeah. I had, did you have a beef burger? Yeah. I had a turkey burger, so I didn't have the beef. I, uh, but, you know, um, I got my, my new summer pants stained at that burger. Thing. Oh, no. I was so careful. Oh, man. I was really careful. And your first day to wear those pants? My first day of, it's summer. It's the first day of summer pants. Can I see? Where'd they get? Right there on the side. And it wasn't even, I've already got Tide Steak on it. Oh, okay. But yeah, were, it's not too bad. Oh, that could have been way worse. Oh, I was definitely but it was, expecting. Like, I was a very huge careful. Like really careful, and then a wind gust blew up, and someone's plate flew over and landed right on my lap, like it was mm. a Laurel and Hardy episode. Oh, okay, yeah, because that's what you're so you're very sensitive. You got these new pants. It was very careful, left and right, to make sure you don't do anything. And then somebody else, the wind, the wind. Um, yeah, well, it was it, God's will that your new summer pants get stained and splattered. Well, it's really my fault for not wearing a napkin in my lap like I was trained to as a child. Mm. You know, you had to put mm-hmm. a napkin in your lap every time you sat down to dinner. That's true. Uh, you know, some of that stuff slips but slips slips away. You forget. I forget to give my kids napkins all the time. They'll be mm. eating, and I'm like, my, I watch my daughter just wipe her hand on her shirt mm-hmm. and leave this big grease stain on her shirt. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, you don't have napkins. That's on me. Mm. That's not you. Now, I have a kid's birthday party tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's my niece's third birthday, and I'm kind of, I'm not really sure what to talk to these kids about, like to make conversation, like trucks or something, or what? I mean, how am I going to have a conversation with these kids? Talk about trucks. Talk about what they're going to eat. Kids love to talk about what they're going to eat. That's what I always found. I surprised my daughter for her fifth birthday. Tomorrow, we're going to Disneyland. So she's sitting on the kitchen floor with her other sister. And they were sitting there. I was like, girls, I got a surprise for you. We're going to Disneyland tomorrow. And they've never been. And she was like, do we get dinner? I was like, yeah, you get dinner. She's like, okay, I'll go. (laughs) That's all she cared about was getting dinner. That's all. That's it. That's all they care about. Do I get dinner? Yes. All right. I'll do whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like I'm taking. As long as I get dinner. Hey, hey we're going to spend five hours on the 405 tomorrow. Do I get dinner? Yeah, okay, I'll just spend five hours in a car. <laughs> they don't care. As long as I get dinner. Do they like McDonald's and Taco Bell? Love McDonald's. Stuff? I haven't taken them to Taco Bell, but I definitely take them to McDonald's. Come uh-huh. on. And I don't take them all the time. Maybe yeah. once every three months. It's like mm-hmm. we do the drive through. It's like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going you to the east, east Coast in a couple of weeks, and we drive from New York to Cape Cod. And I'm like, we stop at a McDonald's. You got yeah. to. And yeah, a road trip. I, I, I get McDonald's on the, you know, the occasional road trip or at the airport sometimes. Yeah. On an airport, you get that. I will do the breakfast. If I'm there early, I'll get that sausage biscuit with egg mm-hmm. and then just be thirsty for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so salty. It is so salty. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah but it's like. Things don't count when you're at the airport. I feel like you're in this sort of purgatory where it's like, well, I guess I'll just eat this sausage McMuffin. And I have no choice. Matter nothing. I mean, I could, uh, or you know, the, the. I mean, LAX now they're they're redoing it, so they're gonna have some nicer restaurants and stuff. There, the, the food selection at LAX is terrible. But you're in a rush anyway, so it's not like I mean, I never plan for a th- sit down at LAX. I don't know? either. I don't want to sit. I actually find that really depressing to sit down at a restaurant in 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 an airport because I feel like you're trying to create something that doesn't exist. You're trying to like have a relaxed atmosphere. I'm never relaxed when I fly. I get very anxious. I worry about like I'm flying on Monday morning and I'm already worried about missing my flight. I get very yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna miss my flight, mm-hmm. and what am I gonna? I have two bags to carry. I got all these things to think about. But it's nothing because once I do it, I'm not thinking about it. But then I'm at the you airport. You get there two hours early. Oh or? yeah, I get there way early. I'm TSA pre-checked. I do all of that, so I just go through. You're already pre-checked, and you still get there. That super I do because you know what? I like to get there early and wait there because I'm not. I it's an inherited anxiety that I cannot fight it. It's like I try to be cool. Like I'm. I always try to be a cool guy or whatever. Like yeah, I'm the laid back guy. No, I'm not. I'm like really uptight. You know the you know the LAX they have the new have you read anything about the new no. renovations cuz they have a new thing for celebrities to if you pay a little extra you can you know go through a certain corridor oh, a secret there. corridor and then if you pay a little more uh you can get picked up um w- when you fly in you can get picked up like on by a Corvette that comes to pick you up and takes you to a different location to to that goes to your driver or something like and that. And is it is it a Corvette? That's what I read. That was that it was a Corvette. That it's the LAX Corvette. Well, that is, that makes <laughs> no sense. Like I if don't you're know. trying to be discreet or whatever, and then you're like a banana <laughs> yellow Corvette picks you up, and you're like, oh, I guess. Come on, Angelina and Brad, let's get in here. I guess the nine kids. That's crazy. I don't know. There is such a a van or something. Seem make it seems to make more sense if you're trying to be yeah discreet. But, but no one's gonna get into a van. But no one will get into a Corvette either. I don't. I get in a Corvette. I mean, I wouldn't pay to get pay to have the Corvette. But if my friend paid for the Corvette service, I I'd try I would love to get into. I'm not someone who doesn't get into a Corvette. I love a yeah. Corvette. But I don't know. Like if I was like, all right, this I've never is, been in a Corvette. Hmm. Have you been in one? I've never been in a Corvette. We should do this LAX Corvette thing. That's probably the only way we'll ever get to get into a Corvette. Maybe we do something, a field piece. We do a podcast at LAX. From the Corvette. From the Corvette. We ride the Corvette. We eat at that restaurant, that crazy restaurant. What's it called? Connections or something? Oh, yeah. The one that's in the arches there. Yeah, like the space-looking thing. Yeah, yeah. Destinations. Like, mm-hmm. 
that to me is like, who eats there? Like, who goes there to eat? Because you're at the airport and you'd be like, oh, I got to then leave here and walk to a terminal or something. Or do people, is that a destination restaurant? Like, hey, let's eat at Destinations tonight. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, if you, uh, you must be just arriving at LAX and then let's go to Destinations or whatever. I'm here because seven can't hours do early. it in between. You have to leave and come back. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I find the food. I've always wanted to eat there, though. I do, too. But, but I, I don't wanna... think it's a working restaurant. I feel, who goes there? I can't imagine anyone goes there. It must be for, like, stewardess parties or something. Do you think there's, like, crazy throwback, like, pilot flight attendant parties there? Or just I bet they do get pretty crazy. I bet you that is but... a crazy lifestyle. When uh-huh. you're flying everywhere and you're, like, don't really have a home base. and Yeah, you just are this part of the world in the morning and this part of the world in the afternoon. Oh, man. Uh, that's the life. I don't know. I always wonder if that's the life. It might be. Um, maybe I used to think it was the life. Now it seems... Well, there was a time when we were growing up, and maybe because I'm a little older than you, like well, being a pilot was like a big deal. Yeah. If you were an airline pilot, it's like, oh my God, is he an astronaut? Mm-hmm. Like that was like the same level as being an astronaut or the president. Like, oh, mm-hmm. that's an airline. That's a pilot. Wow, that's a big deal. Yeah. My dad had a pilot friend who was like his cool friend who was this pilot that was, I don't know, on his second marriage or whatever to Perfect. a stewardess, you know. And um, Did he have a mustache? He did have a mustache yeah. for a while, yeah. Kicking yeah. it, doing yeah. it right. Yeah, he was doing it and, <laughs> and uh, just had a great personality and he was always the guy that walked into the room and everybody was like, yeah. It's Rick or whatever his name was. Rick. It had to be Rick. I think it was Rick. That's why it's coming to me that way. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened to that guy. But he was one of those friends. My dad had that friend and another friend um, named Robert that they – I always thought they would be friends forever, but he doesn't talk to them anymore. That's what happens. And as a kid, I always thought about this too. Like, as a kid, my parents had friends. I'd be like, oh, I love those friends. They're so fun. Mm -hmm. Why don't they come around more often? And, you know, friends, as you become adults, you realize friends just drift apart yeah. or they move to Atlanta yeah. or whatever happens. Because I think about that, too. Like, my kids really love some of my friends, and they yeah. ask about But I'm like, no, he's in Atlanta shooting a movie for the next seven months. That's right. why you don't see him. Yeah. And then he's probably, we're probably, you'll probably never see him again. And we'll probably not be friends anymore. Yeah. Because this uh, movie is very anti-Obama. It's an anti-Obama <laughs> movie. Yeah, it was called No Obama. <laughs> And they're shooting in Atlanta for the tax break, and they're then thumbing their nose at it with uh-huh. the th- with the tax break. They're using that money for Super PAC to beat Hillary Clinton. Oh, no. So yeah, it got really ugly really fast. Yeah, it's but it's, trying to explain it to your kids. Oh, it's really tough. And my kids hate Obama. Yeah, they're all Huckabee all the way. Okay. My kids are big Huckabee well, supporters. Well, because he's kind of like a white Barney or something. Yeah, that's know? exactly what it is. You yeah. know, and they under- they understand. You know, he, he talks about fantasy all the time and heaven and all of this stuff so to them it's like a big storybook character oh my gosh yeah they're a huge huckabee support they're raising a lot of money like anonymously what? through the packs yeah through super packs yeah oh they're big you gotta get through these kids listen I, who am i to say what how my kids should leave that's you true know? that's good you know what if they it's gotta be tough it is tough you know it's like because if i say huckabee it, it's you know what the way he talks about God or that global warming is not man-made because who are we to say that we're doing God's work or anything like that? Like then if I'm saying that that's not real, then am I saying also Santa Claus is not real? Oh, okay. I want them to believe in Santa Claus. Dicey territory. Yeah. yeah. So you know I got to keep the dream alive a little bit. The Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, mm-hmm. Santa Claus, mm-hmm. 
Mike Huckabee. Yeah. You know. Um, God. You know, the yeah. Duggars. I've been the keeping Duggars. the 19 keep, and counting. Mm-hmm. Keeping that whole thing a secret. That's keep been a impossible. There's a lot of secrets now. Oh, my God. Bill Cosby, you got to keep that a secret. Bill Cosby, yeah, because they love Jell-O Pudding Pops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a sponsor of the show, by the way, Jell-O Pudding Pops. No, we we uh, declined. But how about that? Cos- you know, it's so funny because I think about the Cosby show a lot as a show that, because I do also television development. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a great show. Yeah. Because it, it has a guy with a great point of view. He understands his voice. He understands his comedy. It's about his family life and how he responds to his family life. Like, oh, that's a no-brainer show, and it's really funny, and it it was a show about an African-American family but never really discussed themselves as an African-American family. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, like, it was just like we are Americans, and this yeah. is a wholesome family show. And then the guy who does it is, like, accused of all of these terrible things. You're like, mm-hmm. I can't really. So late. Such a, so lame. Yeah, and, and I mean, and nobody wants to approach him about it, and everybody's still so well, I think respectful now like, to him for it. I think now it's done. I think that guy's done now. I don't think he's yeah. around anymore, right? I think it's just like now he. Doesn't. Well, he's still he's still touring a little bit. I, I think, think those are all done now, aren't they? Yeah, I I don't know who else can who else will really have him yeah. anymore. Like all those gigs that he already booked pre scandal. Have to be done by now. Mm-hmm. Now he's probably just like chilling at home with Camille. Do you think he knows he did it? Do you think he thinks he? Do you think he block? He's blocked it all out, and I he's. No, I think he thinks that it's a form of dating that yeah. no one understands. I think there is a justification in his head that, and I'm not condoning. That's how him. we did it back in the time. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. You know, this it's no one gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Spanish fly. <laughs> Spanish fly. That was always a big deal when I was a kid, the Spanish fly. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they're putting a Spanish fly. It's like, I'd never heard of that before this thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, that was like as a kid. Or I might have heard of it, but I didn't know what it meant. I never knew anyone who had a Spanish fly, which were really roofies, I guess. Which That's what I also understand. Like, How do people in college or whatever get roofies? Like, Where do you get a roofie? I don't even know where you get that. I don't know where you get a roofie. I, always I guess wonder- just from a drug dealer, but then who? what drug dealer like has that? Because that, that's basically like... An arms dealer or something, right. you know? It's like... And who's like, oh, I got to go buy roofies? Like, because that's got to be premeditated. If you're roofing yeah. somebody, that's a premeditated... You got to go buy them first. Yeah, you got to go buy them, then you got to put them in your pocket, and then you got to... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so much work. Welton, do you know where we can get any roofies or... Oh, you're... you're oh, Welton. What happened? A rock fell on Welton. A big... Oh, no. When we lost audio... Oh, your mic uh, doesn't work like a now. Rock fell on Welton, and he can't speak anymore. Well, I want to know where to get roofies. Well, yeah, because I. But that's I'm the, not saying that I don't want to roofie someone. No, we're saying it's odd that just drug dealers have that. Because too. you have to get like I never knew anyone who was like I got roofies. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's the circle of friends I have. You know, like yeah. I didn't know anyone who or maybe you don't. Anybody. I think like in a fraternity sort of social circle you can more casually discuss that sort of thing like hey when you uh date rape somebody how do you uh mm-hmm. well, i go to see steve he's got the best roofies in town like oh i gotta talk to steve yeah it's almost like talking about a parsnip puree recipe like <laughs> oh I, I'm, I gotta try that yeah why don't you try it it's really delicious and low fat no butter no dairy <laughs> so crazy yeah man it's so. it's a crazy world 
But don't talk. We don't. I'm not going to talk about any of that stuff with these kids tomorrow. With the, no, don't talk about roofies with the kids. Yeah, I would talk about where do you, and then you talk about what's your favorite TV show. Well, there are three, right? Like, are you watching Orange Is the New Black? Or how bad know? are you binge watching it? But I don't know. Like, three years old. I think you just you know. I do a lot is do physical humor. Oh, okay. I'll do things where I like will play with a hat for a while. Mm-hmm. I've got a paper bag trick which kills every time. What is it like? You blow it up and pop it, or no? You just hold it, and then people throw fictional or imaginary uh, like rubber balls, and I uh-huh. and it makes it seem like the balls have gotten into the bag. Oh, and it, it works. I'll show how to do it. The kids go bananas. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I'd really like to be the guy that all the kids like at this party. I'd, that would be a nice feeling, because I think a lot of times kids. I don't know. There's a lot of kids that don't like me. I've had kids that like me, but some kids just don't like me immediately. That's what happens. I you dressed know? as Santa last Christmas at a thing, and kids were there, and um, maybe 30% of them actually sat down with me because they were just like ba- two baby. Have to, yeah. little. Well, they just had no idea. And then some were old enough to be more curious and like interested in me, but then some were right smack in this age where it's just like, I'm the scariest man they've ever seen. Yeah, before. well, you're a grown man, and I have to sit on your lap. It's like, yeah, I don't like it either, kid. This is just the tradition that we've established. But I, you feel like to me, someone that is very approachable. So it, I find it. Well, odd. when I'm in that thing, I don't know. Like my friend Kevin's daughter doesn't like me in, in, either in the Santa Claus outfit or just in my normal. Thing. It's just but maybe she's been tired when she sees me. I don't. Well, know. A lot of times, kids just get really, really shy. It's not about the person. That's I what think I noticed. Thing, yeah. But I mean, I can't imagine that anyone, any kid, wouldn't like you. I appreciate that. You're I'm very easygoing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I don't. I don't have any. I'm not being malicious towards them or anything. No. You know? I'm always worried about hurting a kid inadvertently. You mm-hmm. know, when you're like, oh, let's, and then the kid bangs their head. You're like, oh, I did that. Yeah. You're, you're the guy who swung the kid into a wall or something. There was like a PSA. Have you ever seen this PSA for swinging kids? No. Like not to swing. Don't drink and swing kids. Oh, my gosh. And the PSA is, like, really rough. Like, a guy's, you know, it's like that sort of helicopter holding their hands uh-huh. and letting them fly around or whatever. And this guy lets go of the kid and goes into, a, like, a chest of drawers. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy feels terrible, and he, like, leaves this party. It's like, don't drink and throw your kid around. I was like, that's, like, the most specific it's PSA i specific I've ever PSA. Seen. I guess it's good. I guess it's good to be told that. Yeah. Well, I'm always very careful. I don't want to yeah. swing a kid into a... You shouldn't do the airplane either. You know, no, but I've heard my daughter by accident, you know, like running with her, like a baseball practice and, mm-hmm. and then like, Hey, and like, you know, you sort of give her a push and then she goes right into the dirt and it's like, that wasn't my intention. Yeah. And then she's like, Oh, I go, oh I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, <laughs> but you're so tiny. It's like, it just happened. It's so funny. She plays T-ball or something. Well, now she plays coach pitch and kid pitch baseball. She's really good. So it's good to get, I mean, you got to get your lumps in. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just felt bad because it has nothing to do with the game. We were just horseplay, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, hey, and, you know, it's like just when you're running and you just give someone a little push, it's just like, oh, I really pushed you. Yeah. You don't think you are because it's like, you know, it's just uh, being a parent. You're always like, ah. Yeah. And you sort of ruin the day. Like, you push, like two hours later, you push me. <laughs> like, yes, I know. I'm sorry. You're okay, right? <laughs> you're fine. You're going to get. They never stop. I, I see. I'd be that W. You're gonna get more of that. You're gonna get pushed around. <laughs> I try to give. <laughs> I give. I try to give lessons all the time that are go way over their head. You know what I mean? I'm like, 
But, you know, a lot of times you will get criticism that is unwarranted. And sometimes you are that's going to get warranted and it's up to you to figure out what criticism. And they're like, what are you talking about? They have no idea what I'm talking about. Or like, you know, you have to be respectful of your sister and this. And they're like, yeah, but she took my book. So that, <laughs> it's like, no, but that, think of the bigger point. So it's okay. She took my book. It's like, no, it's off. Never mind. And my wife's just like, oh, and you're overdoing it. Just, just let it go. I'm like, I'm trying. Yeah, I always, I try to, because I try to te- talk to them like adults, mm-hmm. but then they're not adults, and I got to figure that out. Yeah, you're trying to, you got to have, I guess you have to have some sort of talk to them that, right, that perfect in between. You don't want to talk, because I hear you don't want to talk to kids like they're little kids. I never talk to, to my mature. kids in a, in a cute voice. I yeah. n- never talk to my kids in a cute voice. Because like, I have a friend, I had a friend in high school who she still kind of talked like, I don't want to say baby talk, but she would kind of had just a, like a lisp and was soft spoken and k- kind of talked like a baby. And it was then my, and then our other friend would say, yeah, well, that's because her parents talked to her like a baby, like when she was a baby. Oh, yeah. No. And she I, grew up to talk like a baby. I, I, and maybe this will get me in trouble, but I, 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 I dropped, you know, I, I sometimes swear in the house, you know, mm-hmm. like, God damn it, or like, fuck. Whoa. You know, and I'll just be like, and then they're like, Dad, you used the F word, you know? Mm-hmm. And finally I told him, I was like, yeah, I fucking said fuck. And I'm the only fucking guy in this fucking house who could say fuck. So don't fucking say fuck, you know? And they laughed and it diffused it, but it was also like, yeah, I'm not, I, it's hard to deny who I am. Yes. Do I need to be more careful about it? Yes. Should I say the F bomb in front of my kids? No. I was because I golf with my kids too, and they're really good and oh. they're really young. And we do par threes and whatever. But I was missing this putt one day, and I missed like six times. And I was like, fuck, fuck. And my daughter looked at me and I apologized. I was like, I'm sorry. You know, that's bad sportsmanship. Don't take a page from me. Like, that's bad. Learn from what an idiot I am. And then we were golfing with a, with a friend of mine whose son golfs, and they're the same age, they're like really young. And my daughter said, and she made sure that my friend heard it too. It's like, this, is this the hole where you said the F-bomb so many times? And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> and like, just embarrassed me in front of, it was just punishment enough. Like, it's embarrassing, you know? Because <laughs> you're supposed to be perfect. And we're not yeah. perfect, you know? Yeah. And all we can try to do is, I think Louis C.K. says it best, try to raise good adults, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. As opposed to good kids. Mm-hmm. That's not. Do you get annoyed? Do they watch you? I used to watch my dad eat food when he would get home from work and then criticize his snacking. Like he would eat a peanut butter and mayonnaise cracker. <laughs> he he would make peanut butter and mayonnaise crackers. My and I would just dad. Like look at it and like go, ugh. And he would get so mad. Oh, yeah. Because he'd been working all day and this is, was his thing that he'd like to look forward to. My and dad I used understand to eat that peanut now. butter and mayonnaise sandwiches too. My dad. He, those are the only two instances I've oh. ever heard. And it was very strange that you mentioned that because he would, I would say, oh, that's so gross. Yeah. And he'd be like, this is what I eat. Yeah. And my dad would get so pissed just because, or just annoyed. He just, I could tell he was annoyed that I was sitting there criticizing the, the food that he liked to eat. He's just trying to have a, yeah. a moment to himself, <laughs> you know? Work is work, and then kids are kids. It's just like, can I have one yeah. moment to myself where I can he's just be He's got to deal human. with all these people all day, and then he's got to come home, and then we're all like, Three kids are going at him and just asking him questions, showing him stuff. And well, that's the thing. I can't nap at home. Like, you know, I'm not like a Saturday afternoon napper because I don't get to. My kids don't let me. They're like, 
I would love to nap. I would. Lo- I have to come to work to nap. I literally come to work to nap because I can't nap at home. Mm-hmm. So I don't get that Saturday nap, that Sunday nap, because my kids are just dead. Dead. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I close the door and I say, I'm sleeping now for an hour. As soon as I close the door, door opens up, dead, dead, dead. <laughs> Lucy's holding the remote. This is happening. This is happening. You're like, ah, give me a break. Yeah. Let me sleep. You know, they won't, they just won't. And I can't work at home either. You could do the thing where you draw eyes on your eyelids. <laughs> you know? Dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they don't stop. They don't care. Because kids don't care. And that's the thing. You can never be hungover with a kid because they don't care if you're hungover and you're like i can't do anything all i want to do is like watch like a steven seagal movie and like Mm -hmm. fall asleep on the couch and eat something greasy and they're like they don't care you have to really you have to step up your game so now we have two we are having two podcasts we have two episodes of this and you're about you're about to be gone for three weeks Mm -hmm. so what are we going to do next time like some sort of remote from Cape Cod. Maybe I can call in from the East Coast and do it. Maybe oh. next or next. Are you going to be in New York next Friday? No. Uh-uh. Maybe I can call in from New York or something. Maybe call in from New York. Maybe you could report from the Del Close Marathon. Is that what it is? Yeah. Del Close Marathon? Doing the Del Close Marathon in New York. Could do some sort of um, backstage at the Del Close. Like, you know, call in. And should I have a guest host or should I not do it? I mean, I don't know. Well, you can do a guest host or I call in. Let's figure that out because... I don't mind calling yeah, in host. and doing it. Mm-hmm. I have a, I can probably, well, I would probably have to do it earlier because mm-hmm. I'll be on New York time. Oh, right. That's right. So maybe I call in or maybe you get someone it's else. It's a New there. York, it's a New York minute over there. Yeah, man. The minutes happen so fast. That's why they're uh-huh. three hours ahead because the for mi- every hour that we have, they do three hours. That's the reason why New that's York right. is three hours ahead. Yeah, that's why I get exhausted when I go to New York because mm-hmm. the New York minutes are so fast. They are really fast. And you're expected to do just um, just a, uh, the same amount that you do in an L.A. minute. Uh, it's just yeah. not my speed. Yeah, it happens really fast. I love that, though. It took me a long time when I moved to L.A. to relax, to mm-hmm. do L.A. time, and not even mm-hmm. in a jokey way of just like, what is taking so long for yeah. the sandwich? What is what? taking so long for this thing? Yeah. I like go crazy. Why hasn't anybody yelled at me? Yeah, f- for asking for something. I constantly am always like, why? Th- everything here can be seventeen times faster. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, the coffee. That's why true. is it taking so long? The, just it should be right now. Yeah, because it's possible. Yeah, I've seen it work in New York. Um, should we try to get a guest on here yeah, right now before we? You know. Who should we call here? You have a you have a massage in twenty minutes. Yeah, I have a uh, there's a, ma- a masseuse here in the outer in the outer caverns of where we found the microphones, the room that we found microphones in. Let's see here. Um, who do you want to call? We can call my brother again. We can call someone new. Let's call, call your brother. Ron. Your brother's awesome, but I don't want to. I I mean, I feel like we should call him earlier because he can really hang and talk about stuff for a long time. Like. Let's call. Uh, or we should call him next week or something. Well, or you're going to be in New York. You should be with your brother on the phone or something. Oh, that's true. We're doing a show Thursday night at the. At the He's going to do the show. He and I are in an improvised punk band together called Dark <gasps> oh, that's Silicon. Right. Yeah, so we're going to do a at Thursday at eleven at oh my Del, God. Cl- Del Close. Uh, it used to be. So let's call. Uh, who's up there? Ryan is he going to answer his phone this time? Well, he he might. Uh, I guess we got. We actually have this thing now. Oh yeah. The uh, what's the Look at the phone book. Three two three. 
I'm looking up. Um, um, how, how do you how do you make it? Um, you have to you have to tap it, tap the number, hold hold the number. I have no idea. Wait, just dial the the main line. Right. So guys, just so because you guys can't see the excitement that's going on here. I'm trying to trying to dial Perez. Oh, there's also a dog in here. If you just heard a bark. Right. Welton's in here now. You guys can finally hear Welton. Welton, what happened to your mic? It just stopped working. Because a, a rock fell on it. That was a crazy big rock. It's almost like the rock mm -hmm. in uh, Sexy Beast. We're gonna have to reinforce the caverns here. Uh, what what do you say? Dial nine. Oh no, I don't know his number, but I need to. Dial nine. Uh, call yeah, let me call upstairs. Yeah. Okay, so we can do what? Uh, let's see, upstairs is just seven zero zero seven. We already dialed nine. Uh, Guys, oh. this is the exciting part of the podcast. Seven zero zero seven. Oh, perfect. Okay. That's the sound of a ringing phone for people who can't. Uh, hi. Um, could you connect me with Ryan Perez, please? Do we need to get a, a release from the receptionist? Yeah, we probably have to get um, Irina to sign a release. Hey, uh, he doesn't have a phone in his office. Are you sh I thought he had a phone in there. Um, so let's call his cell phone. Um, I who's is who's there on someone the else we can ask for while we have Hold Irina? On. We're we're uh, we're doing the podcast again. Uh, she's on the. Did she? She said, "Hold on," and then I said the thing. Um, who who else? Um, is uh, could we uh call? We could call. Um, oh, here we go. Call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging. Here, hang up on it now. Nine. Ryan, we're not gonna. Nine. We just can't. Yeah, you gotta hang anymore. up that phone because that number. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just hit the release button. That's yeah, there you go. What? Um, that, that was it. She called his cell. Oh man. So who who else? Um. We could try. Uh, um. Who else is up there? We could try uh, Fran again. <laughs> we can't double. We have the same guests. Oh yeah, back we have the guests. I yeah, I know. I'm so limited. <laughs> <laughs> Your brother and Fran are the only people who will be on our show. Let's try... Uh, I wish my dog Steven could talk. He's been in here quietly the whole time. Let's try Mike Farah. Okay. Should we try Mike Farah? Yeah. Dial um, 7007. Yes. Hi, Rena. Um, it's it's Alan and Owen again. We're, we're doing that podcast. Um, we found a room with microphones in it. And uh, Brad not answer his No, he didn't answer his mobile. Um, so could we call? Uh, could you Could you connect us with Mike Farah, please? Sure, one moment. Thank you. You think she'd be more excited that like a the, the, big time uh, podcast is calling her? I know it's like now she just takes it for granted. Like yeah. maybe we'll just go around her and go dial yeah, Mike directly. We don't have to. Time. We're just going. We're just going. Through Arena, so she can get 
the little bit of the experience to be on a big time podcast. Yeah, because like you never know. She might get on How Did This Get Made or yeah, Scientology. This is the door to the other podcasts and religions. You know, you can you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make but you them can't make them. You can make them sink. <laughs> you know, can horses but, swim? Uh, they can go through deep rivers, but walking because they're so tall. Yeah, but can they swim? I don't know. I think that I remember seeing a zebra in Life of Pi swimming. He did swim. Did he? S- I don't know if he survived. Only that tiger survived. Uh, hi, Olivia. How's it going? Um, Good. We're uh, we're uh, Owen and I are calling from our our podcast. We found a room with microphones in it, and um, we were wondering if Mike Fair was around to be a, a quick phone guest. Well, Alan will probably be doing his massage. Yeah, I have a massage in a few minutes. So, um, oh, life is hard. Yeah. Well, Olivia, how, are you busy right now? No. What's uh, What's going on up there today uh, at Funnier Dies, Mike Ferris' office? Uh, you know, just live. You're on a podcast right now. Okay, so you work up, you'll do a draft, and then if it's not quite right, you just delete it and start at the drawing board again? Exactly, yeah. I actually have just gotten up to 40 drafts, and I had to just delete them all. Oh, my gosh. What are these drafts of? Emails. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's amazing. So it's like, what's up, <laughs> you know? What it's just Olivia here doing my thing. Olivia, no, no, that's not right. Olivia, when you do emails, do you sign them? Do you do best regards? How do you how do you sign off on an email? Oh no, I don't sign off. You don't no. write your name at all. You on just the leave it open ended. No, a lot of times I don't even do punctuation if it's a short one. Well, what? How many drafts do you have to do to have no punctuation and no sign off? <laughs> yeah, it seems very casual. Now, do you do like one email a week, and that's it? Just you just take your time with that one email. Yeah, and then so it was just forty weeks for us. Oh my God, does Mike know about the email situation and how much time you're spending on this one email a week? <laughs> he does now because he's one of our big listeners. I think. Yeah, Mike is our number one fan. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, there, there's, well, no there's no reason, reason to. There's no reason to. Yeah, well, tell. Well, could you tell Mike that we uh, we tried to call him to have to be a guest on. Um, we found a room with microphones in it, but um, he <laughs> decided I'll, something I'll else was more important. We really appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be getting a massage in a few minutes, so it's not even. What is this extension? Seven six six two. If I want to try you back. Yeah. Yeah. If, if okay. he's back in the next couple minutes. Okay, I'll see what I can do. Okay. That's great. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks. Take care of yourself. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Amazing. Mm. I mean, you know, if we really wanted to, it to work, I guess we could plan a little better. But I like not having a plan with the with the thing. Well, you know, I like that we don't follow through on anything that we mm-hmm. we've start like you know like with creating the the theme song and then, mm-hmm. but out of that we'll just play it off this theme song off our phone and then build off of it next week and then we'll play that theme song for the mm-hmm. next one yeah yeah and that's we should have an outro song didn't we have one mm. it was like a sort of a low like a sort of like, like the end of cheers off? or something like that like 
Oh. It was like, da na na na. I thought it was kind of the end of SNL, like when you. Oh, the tinkling? The little thing when they come back from commercials real quick and you hear. Oh, man. That always put a pit in my stomach when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, it's over? Yeah, it's over. Uh, hour and a half is a, is over. Uh, now what do I have? Nothing. You know when it's over because they do the weird sketch. They do like the weirdest sketch. Always my favorite sketch. Yeah. Oh, wait, that 1255 mm-hmm. sketch was always like, this is the funny mm-hmm. <laughs> sketch. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah, always good. And I always found that the sketch, the first sketch after the first commercial break was always really super strong. Mm-hmm. Always a fun sketch. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it, what is your favorite Saturday Night Live sketch, you think? Um, Putting you on the spot here. I know. A random I mean, question. I, I, and I'm not, I, I, I'm not one of those haters. I still go watch uh, Saturday Night Live with an open mind. You hang out with a lot of comedy people, and people are, like, hating on it you know, all the day. time. Yeah. And uh, I get it, like, when people are kind of phoning it in or whatever on the show, or there's performers maybe you don't like so much. But, um, uh, gosh. Oh wait, what's yours? Well, I think of one. Maybe it'll I gotta say, the year that I really got into SNL was the Billy Crystal, Christopher Guest, mm-hmm. Harry Shearer, Martin Short, mm-hmm. Rich Hall, um, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Um, Want to say not Nora? No, Nora Dunn was on it, I think, mm-hmm. then, and um, Michelle Gross or something. Yeah, that was great. And, yeah, that was a, a, such a solid cast, and like there was that when the show was different. It was like a lot of short films. And I, my favorite sketches were the Billy Crystal for Christopher Guest sketch when they'd be like, ooh, I hate it when I do that. You know, it's like you ever sit in a bath with red devil turpentine and pour tax all over the bath and sit in that? And, ooh, that burns. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Like, to me, that uh-huh. was the funniest sketch. Yeah, I liked Wild and Crazy Guys and oh, stuff. Yeah. I uh, more recently, I I I do think of like the Rachel Dratch, Will Ferrells, and uh, guys in a in a hot tub. The lovers, the lovers, yeah. right, right, right. Very good. Yeah, those are always good, those and I fun. love and Cowbell's classic. But I don't know, like I always have such a special place in my heart for those that Christopher Guest. I think because it was like, wow, this is because I watched those other earlier ones, but I was too young for Eddie Murphy. I think I just didn't. Mm-hmm. I was I. I understood that it was good and whatever, but I think I hit that age when I was making jokes in school and stuff, and I was watching the the Billy Crystal years. And I call them the Billy Crystal years because it was like he did Fernando and he he did Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, that password one when Sammy Davis Jr. and Christopher Guest, such a funny episode, so yeah. good. Oh my gosh, Jeopardy was always fun with Norm, Celebrity Jeopardy Norm doing oh, Burt and stuff that's where i always think like norm mcdonald i'm like that's you're always surprised by that guy because that mm-hmm. impression is the funniest impression and i don't know if i've ever seen him do enough he did bob dole but that impression of burt reynolds mm-hmm. is super yeah and what an awesome take on it and i've never you don't think of him really because he did weekend update and he was so funny in that but you'd never think of him as like doing impressions and that burt reynolds it's the funniest. It's so funny, but it's also like just like Norm, him doing it, Norm Macdonald doing it. It's like so Norm, you know. Yeah. It's like chewing that gum and just like, and he doesn't care. He just says whatever's on his mind. Turd Ferguson, <laughs> you know, just so funny, just so. It, it's just great. It's Dadaism, you know. It's just so funny, and Alex Trebek getting so upset. Will's so funny, <laughs> and then what? Whoever played Sean Connery, I mean, that guy. Uh, what's his name? Blanking. Oh, uh, he did all the impressions. Uh, yeah, so yeah. good at him. Uh, oh my God, oh Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond. Yeah. Oh my gosh, such mm-hmm. that's really funny, funny stuff. 
Um, well, that's. I guess you got to get to your massage. Yeah, I got a massage coming up, and we're doing a comedy show where we're talking about other comedy shows. <laughs> <laughs> but it is like yeah. it, it is a really hard thing to do. I think to make a ninety-minute live show every week—that's like yeah. hard work. That's hard. I mean, um, and the schedule that they've kept and never changed for the past forty years is. It's insane. It's, it's insane. And, it's and you know they hard. never set out to make a bad show. It's not like, ah, oh, let's phone it in this week. Or they're like, no, I'm no. Sure those writers are working hard and the performers want to look good, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's really crazy. And that's what we so want to do that's on our this show. Defense. That's our, and that's what we want to do on this show. You know, and we... We don't prepare at all. don't prepare at all. <laughs> we put in even less time than SNL to get ready. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know, is it the result equal? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Pretty I would, much the same. I put this on the same level as SNL or Curb mm -hmm. or uh, yeah. Raging Bull or, you know. Definitely Raging Bull level. Yeah, this is like serious Raging Bull. Mm -hmm. This is like, this is Goodfellas style. If like Goodfellas was a podcast, it would be this. Hell yeah. Yeah, or like, you know, Ben Kingsley in Merchant of Venice. Like, that's this kind of thing. Gandhi. Yeah, this is mm -hmm. right up there. Yeah. This is the Gandhi... Of podcasts, I think. This is the Jurassic Park 3 of, of podcasts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not Jurassic World. Not Jurassic World. This Jurassic Dr Park is Jurassic three. World Jurassic Park 4? Yeah. Because there's Lost World and then there's Jurassic Park 3, right? Or yeah. did they call Jurassic Park 3 another title? They may have. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, don't I don't know if I saw Jurassic Park 3. I think I saw like 20 minutes of it. Because they didn't yeah. have any dinosaurs in that. That was the whole gimmick. It was an island yeah. free of dinosaurs. It was the free. It was the island free of dinosaurs. And people, but they would, just would talk about. Remember how all the dinosaurs were all like when man created dinosaurs again. Yeah, that was crazy. crazy. Yeah, I wasn't here when it happened, it but like I heard about it. Study, yeah. yeah, and they were like, I wasn't here when it happened, mm -hmm. but I heard about it like secondhand from someone who knew somebody mm -hmm. was there. But like apparently, it, like happened over here or over mm -hmm. there. And you'd think that you'd see some, like, I don't know, destroyed old habitats or something, or they'd do some They'd clean it all up by the time. It was all cleaned up. they clean it up. They even cleaned up all, like, the, the dinosaur bones and the goat bones and the poop and all that. Mm -hmm. So it really just looked like an island again. Yeah. And then that what that became was Lost. It turned into Lost. <laughs> it turned into that TV show Lost. Lost. That's what happened. Uh, so, I mean, you never know how hit shows are going to happen. No. And no one does. No one does. No one knows it's going to be a hit. It's like, yeah, we're thinking of making this show called Lost. It's about, it's a spinoff of the Jurassic Park 3 where they were blah, 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 you know, the pitch. And then it's like, boom. Bam. The biggest show on TV. Right. Plane crash. Oh, that's an mm -hmm. added thing. The plane crash is on where the dinosaurs used to be. Right. Maybe it was a, maybe it hit a pterodactyl. It was like the last dinosaur. There was a thing that it, it hit in the air. It split in half. It split in half, and it's probably a pterodactyl wing that. Yeah, those are sharp. Right those that shit's sharp. Those are razor sharp. Yeah. Well, where they were when they were before they were extinct. <laughs> anyway, not to bring the show down, but it it's a end. living. <laughs> Flintstones. Mm -hmm. um, well, thank so, you so much for, thanks for tuning thanks in, for tuning in, and listening to every last uh, morsel of today's episode. I think it's been a pretty exciting uh, episode. We talked about um, diaries. diaries. Talked about um, our, our dads a little bit. Our dads. Shared a recipe. A recipe. We didn't really get into any news. and you know, no. It's probably best because you, know, you never know when people might listen to yeah. the thing. 
But it is like it would. I. You never there know what we're going to talk there about. There was some big news, but we, we won't get into that. No, we can't get into it now. We're signing off. People are yeah. like ready to like, oh, I can't wait to yeah. now turn on the next I'm podcast. I'm my auto, the thing to auto switch into right. the next podcast. And these guys won't stop the show. Yeah, it's like, uh, come on, guys. We have a masseuse waiting. Yeah. Oh, I do. I do got to get up to this masseuse. Well, okay. thank you so much. Thanks, Alan, everyone. great seeing you. Great to see you too, Owen. Thanks, Welton. Thanks, Appreciate Welton. Appreciate it. And, and uh, uh, that concludes another episode of... We found a room. <laughs> I keep doing it. You're going to Oh, I'll me. do it with okay. you. I didn't know if you, that was something. I was just letting you sign up. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, okay. was try, I thought we'd So let's do that again. So thank, good to see you again, again, Alan. Good to see you, Owen. Welton, great to see you. Thank you, Welton. And this concludes another episode of We, we found, found a Room with, with microphones, microphones in it. it. Bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>